If you're new to the upcoming American Revolution podcast and you haven't heard the prior episodes, as a shameless plug, you should listen to them because they explain the foundation on why conflict will occur. Basically, we assume as fact that America's next civil conflict will be between the government and the American people because the government is trying to change the relationship between the government and the American people from a government of, by, and for the people into a government is king kind of relationship. Back in episode 7, we discussed the government sphere. The government sphere are those individuals, organizations, or other entities who would fight on behalf of the government and support the government's position in a future civil conflict against the people. Now in this episode, we're going to talk about the countersphere. The countersphere are the individuals, organizations, and some entities that will fight against the government in a civil conflict. We cannot possibly get to all of them, but let's talk about some. Welcome to the Upcoming Revolution Podcast, the most important podcast of our lives and times. I am your host, Kali. Here in this podcast, we discuss the who, what, where, why, and how of America's next civil uprising. Okay, so although there are dozens of individual types of people who would fight for dozens of different reasons, we're going to select five of the main factions and explain why they're going to fight government. The five groups we're going to talk about today are the revolutionaries and rebels, the constitutionalists, the patriots, the veterans, and the minutemen. All right, group one, revolutionaries are those who would fight government based on the fact that they are not inclined to be subservient to an American government that is perceived to be tyrannical or in any way fighting the American citizen. In the United States, revolutionaries that would oppose government are interested in maintaining their freedom and liberty. They see government as a force that would hamper freedom and liberty in order to turn a free people into subjects akin to property. It is under monarchy that subjects reside, and it is kings or queens that lead those subjects. The United States is based upon not having a monarchy. During the American Revolution, the colonists fought to get away from the British monarchy, led by King George III. King George was quoted as saying, Everyone who does not agree with me is a traitor and a scoundrel. That is the kind of thinking that American revolutionaries will fight to get away from. Can you imagine a U.S. government that would suggest that everyone who does not agree with government is a traitor? Well, that's what is occurring regularly in the news today whether it's about mandated pandemic responses, Ukraine, Russia, taxes, or even the January 6th protests. That is exactly what government is suggesting. Agree with government or you are defective. American revolutionaries feel that just like a monarchy of King George, the contemporary U.S. government is attempting to make itself a new monarch. Just as a king can increase the price of taxes regardless of what the subjects say, so can the collective U.S. government right now. That is what revolutionaries see. Revolutionaries see an out-of-control government that previously had a system of checks and balances. They see those checks and balances working together to ignore the other checks and balances in order to seize control from the citizen and make the government the new monarch. They no longer see a government of, by, and for the people. They see a government doing what it wants to seize property for itself. In America, revolutionaries are worthy of the historical title rebels. 
Now, despite the ties to the Democrat Confederacy of States during the Civil War, the British also considered Americans opposed to their rule as rebels. In the American context of a civil conflict, there is little difference between rebels and revolutionaries. If there is, that difference may be that revolutionaries tend to want to take over the established government where rebels want to leave the established government. There is little doubt that in a future American conflict that the U.S. government will declare citizens who disagree with it as rebels. Even though American revolutionaries and rebels do not desire or want conflict, they understand what most revolutionaries tend to understand, and that is that every government wants to be more powerful, and no government ever gives up power voluntarily. It is always rebels and revolutionaries who must fight to maintain their freedoms and independence. It is always through conflict that governments are kept in check. There's no other way. The second group the government must contend with are the constitutionalists. The constitutionalists are those who support the Constitution and believe that it is the law of the land that must be protected at all costs, even if that means protecting the Constitution from government. They believe in the Constitution and in the founding documents and have reverence for the founding of the country and its founders. They are willing to fight, die, and most importantly, when it's time, they are willing to fight government over the Constitution. Constitutionalists are fueled by quotes from the founders of the country. One of the quotes you'll regularly hear are attributed to Thomas Jefferson. The quote is, The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Constitutionalists believe this wholeheartedly. Constitutionalists place their religion above their politics and cannot be swayed. Many of their understandings are biblical. They deeply believe in the Constitution just as they do the Bible. No matter who or what says the Constitution is flawed, little attention will be given to such arguments unless the Constitution is amended as is the process in the Constitution. Government cannot generally sway these individuals to take action against their religions or against their country or against the Constitution. Once constitutionalists decide that it's time to fight government as it attempts to seize the rights and liberties from the people, the constitutionalists will be amongst the most dangerous groups because they will fight hard believing that God is on their side. Constitutionalists believe that government's sole role is to protect the individual rights of citizens. They also recognize that government should not have as much say over items not listed within the Constitution according to the Tenth Amendment. They believe that anything else is unconstitutional. The third group we're going to talk about today are the patriots. Patriots are the people who believe they are fighting for the future and past traditions of their country. They want to maintain important traditions that led America to become the most culturally dominant nation of the 19th and 20th centuries. Patriots have little allegiance to any government, but share ultimate allegiance to their country. They are motivated by the fact that eventually all governments become corrupt. They have been keeping a close watch over the U.S. government and are aware that a time is near that it will have to be addressed. This is the most important opposition group to any U.S. government because most proud Americans consider themselves patriotic and can rally around the banner of patriotism at a moment's notice. Patriots believe in their country. However, they do not particularly believe that their government is infallible. 
They demand that government recognizes limitations on its authority and power. They will fight for their country, but not for a corrupt government. In areas of the country where the population has been raised in a more traditional and rural fashion, the police will be less inclined to support government also. Many patriots serve as police, and if law enforcement is not willing to follow corrupt orders, any law government makes will be toothless and no one will follow it. Many patriots work for government currently and will have to make a decision on what they will stand for in the case a conflict starts. Will they follow the orders blindly or will they do what's best for their country? The fourth and most important group we're going to talk about today are the veterans. Veterans are those who have previously served in the United States military. These people have largely proven they are willing to risk their safety for their country. Veterans remain loyal to their country, however most do not consider it a virtue to be a blind follower of any government. As you can imagine, America has millions of veterans among its population, including millions of veterans who fought in the past two decades of war. Veterans always recognize that they took an oath to the country. That oath they took stresses that they will protect their country, not their government, from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Just as millions of other citizens do, many veterans have become disillusioned. It is only reasonable for many veterans to become angry with government. Generations of armed services veterans recognize and understand they have the willingness to see an operation through from planning to execution. They are present in our society and many will likely act when they deem it necessary. Government must simultaneously be wary of them and worry that government is angering them. As more and more veterans become more and more angry, they become motivated to take action. If and when they begin to believe that their country is in danger or their government is becoming tyrannical, many may take up arms. To counter that, government may begin to go after veterans, but as government begins to target veterans, they will only serve to anger other veterans and eventually they will end up fighting back. A majority of Americans see veterans as being heroic and it is unlikely that Americans will approve of the government killing veterans. Oddly, government fears, distrusts, and worries about veterans. This is because they maintain the capability to pose an actual threat to government and its politicians. It also recognizes that there are factors more veterans than there are personnel in the actual military at any given time. Government recognizes the skills that they have learned combined with the oaths they take during their military careers to protect the country against all enemies makes the government wonder if they are the enemy. Additionally, veterans overwhelmingly represent a group that disproportionately owns and is expert in the use of firearms. Recognizing that most Americans consider veterans as honorable, government must successfully label them as anti-U.S. extremists if they were to directly, with force, oppose them. It would be difficult since they are considered patriots and they have proven themselves willing to defend the country. It's important that you always watch what veterans think about a civil conflict because there are very few civil wars in any country throughout human history in which veterans did not largely have a say in the outcome of a civil conflict. The side that the veterans choose to fight on is generally the winning side. The fifth group we're going to talk about today is interesting. One of the lasting symbols of the American Revolution is the Minutemen. Minutemen were symbols of what happens when citizens decide to fight for their country. They were ready at a minute's notice to go fight if and when they were needed. The modern Minutemen will also be prepared. 
Although the means of fighting and the information we all have and share is different and there is no need to be ready to fight within a minute's notice, the motivation is the same. Modern Minutemen will take a different form. They'll either be lone wolves or militiamen. The lone wolf is the individual who has the opportunity to make a difference for the countersphere, whether it's that he works within the government and has the opportunity to sabotage government from the inside, either intentionally or through failing to take actions against the American citizen, he will do what he can. Lone wolves who choose to directly engage government will select their targets and make attempts to aggressively attack those targets. By doing so, they paralyze the government, its employees, and its politicians. The lone wolf is extremely hard to detect because they do not communicate their goals with others. They just take action. Lone wolves are generally difficult to identify prior to any action, and since they work alone, there is no one to identify them as a threat. An interesting representation of a lone wolf would be Marvin Hemeyer. Hemeyer was an Air Force veteran who built an armored vehicle out of a bulldozer with no one being the wiser. He stood up against his city's government to make a point. Although he died as many lone wolves may, he did the damage he needed to do and completed his personal mission. If he can build an armored vehicle out of a bulldozer, what can other lone wolves do? The militiamen, on the other hand, are extremely difficult to fight against for a different reason. They generally work in small groups and do not discuss their business with others. Although militias have been given a bad name, they are protected and valued within the Constitution. They have been generally associated with being crazy, racist, or somehow defective. However, that does not matter to the people who would organize to counter government within a militia. As I said, militias have a constitutional role. Government will attempt to change this definition of militia and attempt to label anyone who opposes them as militiamen. But it will not matter. Whether you call them a militia or a group of freedom fighters, they will still do what they must do to fight a tyrannical government, even if that means attack it physically or attack those who support government. Because they work in a coordinated, tight group, they will be able to take actions that individuals on their own would likely not be able to do. They generally have multidisciplined expertise that comes from bringing many people's ideas together to solve singular problems. It's interesting to note that the largest domestic attack against government in the United States was a group of four individuals who created a vehicle-borne improvised explosive device and attacked the Murrah Federal Building. What's even more unfortunate is the leader of the group, Timothy McVeigh's quote regarding why he bombed a government building. He said, I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against the government control. Subscribe now to the upcoming American Revolution podcast if this sort of discussion makes you think and you like to hear this mix of political commentary applied over historical context and laid over practical issues related to a civil conflict. I'd love to have you as a subscriber, and as always, subscribing is free. But if we look at all of these groups, what is their mission? Their mission is to isolate the federal government from the other more local governments and then divide and conquer. If they can isolate the federal government and display for the country to see that the federal government is impotent, any conflict will be over reasonably fast. If they cannot isolate the government from the state or local government, the feds will have more opportunity to use their power against local populations because of 
interjurisdictional cooperation. Without that cooperation from state and local governments, the federal government does not have enough resources to impose its will upon the entire country. In any future conflict, it will not be about who is trained better, government forces or the people. History shows that those who fight governments have proved themselves effective not because they are superior trained force, but because they are willing to take the actions necessary to defend themselves or defeat their governments. In the end, all of these groups merely want to be left alone by government. They do not want to stand up, they do not want to make a scene or draw attention to themselves because they merely want to live their lives. All of them, however, will eventually have to make a choice to defend themselves from a government growing increasingly hostile. Government must recognize that the choices of free people will most likely not be in favor of government. Many of the people within these groups consider themselves patriots who love their country. There can be little doubt that of the American veterans who have served within the United States Armed Forces, the majority will identify with one or more of these groups. And as I noted earlier, very few civil conflicts have been won without veterans supporting that cause. And in America, veterans choose the Constitution, liberty, and freedom. All of these groups believe that the central government has become too powerful and wields too much willingness to remove individual rights from the American citizen. There have always been those willing to defend themselves from government, and there always will be. Moving forward, government must understand that all of these groups will cooperate and support each other in their common goal of minimizing the role and power of the government itself. But what is at the core of all these groups? What's at the core of all these groups is that they believe that they have individual rights and that the government is not their superior and it's not their master. They believe that with the Constitution that each human is endowed by his creator with inalienable rights. They believe that government cannot take those rights away, but they see that government is trying to take those rights away. All right, I make this podcast because I am a patriot, I fear tyranny, and I love freedom and liberty. If you are the same, leave me a question, suggestion, or comment. It all helps this podcast grow, and honestly at this point, every episode is getting better. I hope you stick with me so we can discuss, evaluate, and prepare for America's upcoming revolution. Keep the faith and prepare for the storm.